You just have to really dig deep and figure out what's going to give you the greatest sense of peace and satisfaction. I think about like, what is myself as a five-year-old and myself as an 80-year-old going to be proud of? Mm. And like, that's the question that I think people should be asking themselves. The best music in the world is music that's made with a purpose, music that draws from emotions and reflections on past experiences. Avicii's music comes to mind. Today's conversation is special. Lucy Tudor is an artist who experienced more life by the time she was a teenager than many of us will ever experience. From fleeing communist Romania as a child to seeking asylum in Germany, Portugal, and finally winning a lottery visa in the U.S., her story is about resilience and courage and how these experiences have deeply influenced her music. Lucy's journey is a testament to the power of perseverance and the profound impact of life's trials on artistic expression. I am so excited to talk to you. Um, I did a little digging and read your bio and was just blown away by your story. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we have a lot to talk about. Yes, I'm really, really excited. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Of course. I think we connected originally online because um, we aligned a little bit on some of like the low alcohol lifestyle. And so tell me, like, is that a big part of your life? Yeah, so I I actually am in recovery from alcohol and cocaine, and that journey started about nine and a half years ago. And actually, it was in that beginning of my healing journey that I finally just went all in into my artistry and my creativity. So for me, it was through healing that I was able to have the courage to step into that. Um, and I have so much, obviously, connection Uh, my whole life with music. So for me, actually not drinking and being fully present at not even just the events I'm performing at, but just like any event or anywhere I'm going out of enjoyment is like, to me, like I can stay up really late because I get so much energy from that. So it's a really big part of my life. Yeah. That's incredible. So you said that music's always been a big part of your life. I read that your dad uh, is a musician. Is that correct? So not professionally, but so he in college um, was playing, he was playing, playing piano his whole life. And they, he lived in communist Romania. That's where I was born. And so him and his buddies started basically like kind of like an underground SNL like type of program. Wow. And they would actually like, you know, put on plays and make fun of politicians and do these like sketches with like music and stuff, which was super risky at the time. Um, so that obviously was a huge inspiration for me. And I started personally going to raves and things like that when I was like really, really young. And so, uh, music was always part of my very fabric. I just had a lot of inner, inner conflict and a lot of confidence issues, um, that were, was preventing me from really like jumping into it full time, uh, at a much younger age. So, well, 
you've experienced a lot in your short life. So whatever you're comfortable with, I kind of want to start from the beginning. You said you were born in communist Romania and you've had many travels since then through Europe and then the United States. So walk me through that journey a little bit of where you geographically were. Yeah, so was born in Romania and communism fell and my dad went on foot to Germany. He always, his dream was always to come to America, but he asked for political asylum in Germany. And so six months later, my mom and I were brought over six months later after he moved there. But because we got there at a different time, we were actually partitioned in different refugee immigrant asylums. So we had to like sneak around to like see each other moved a lot around Germany. Uh, and finally, after a few years, the government basically just said, we can keep renewing your temporary visas, but your daughter's never going to be a citizen here. There's a lot of prejudice and discrimination against Romanians at the time. And so we packed everything in a car with a German license plate. My dad was like, we're going to drive as far west as we can and just backtrack and try to get residence in any other European country. We're not going back to Romania. And by some crazy miracle, after spending two weeks and basically living out of the car, we made it all the way to Portugal. And we asked for political asylum there. It took us a couple years to finally get an offer for permanent residence. And that same day, which was my 11th birthday, not only did we get permanent residence offered to us in Portugal, but we also got the offer for a green card to my dad through the lottery visa program for the United States. So wow. it was at that point that my parents made the decision to move to the United States. Wow. And I want to get into this a little a little bit later. All of the life experience you've had, I'm sure, has gone into your music and how you create. But before I jump ahead, so, okay, so you were in Portugal, then you were in the United States, and you've done some pretty incredible things here outside of music as well with consulting and tech. So how how did you kind of find yourself in the United States settling in? What was different to you? Like, take me back to that time. Yeah, so we actually landed in the U.S. on Thanksgiving Day, and everything was, like, shut down. We were so confused. We're like, nothing is open, and it's, like, 4 p.m. We came through New York uh, and then came to Washington State. And the next, very next day, my dad took us to a community college class uh, where they had English as a second language. So everyone was asked, like, how long have you been in the United States? And there was like a lot of grandparents there and they're like, 16 years, more like 24 hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but there was a lot of things that were different about the U.S., you know, like sweet and sour sauce, something that's strange, uh, peanut butter, I don't know, uh, root beer. There's a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, really just started over from nothing. My parents are engineers by trade, but, you know, at first they were working out of goodwill and other kind of just jobs until they were able to get back into their professions here. So. Wow. Wow. That's such an incredible story. I, I really can't, I feel like a lot of people today, um, living in America, born in America, can't grasp how, 
uh, difficult that journey was or how much life you had to experience at just 11 years old. Um, that's more, you know, turmoil and uprooting than most people experience in a whole lifetime. And so it's amazing um, what you've been able to build here in your music career and everything else. So your parents were engineers and I know you kind of got into the tech space. Was that simultaneous to music? Was like music kind of the passion and tech was the paying the bills or how did that work? Yeah, so I always knew that, you know, I wanted to make a difference in the world. Like that was something that was tugging at my heart since a very, very young age. Um, my dad would encourage my entrepre entrepreneurial spirit. And at the end of the day, building a music career is just like building a startup, except like you're the product is how I think about it. Um, and I did have obviously these achings to do something creative, but being first generation only child here, there was a lot of pressure to do something that is considered more stable, but I just, I just couldn't, you know, my heart was always tugging at doing something that again was going to help and change the world. And so at first I sort of set aside the aching of going full blown with my creativity in terms of music. And I went into tech and I knew eventually I wanted to build my own company that led me to build uh, We Connect, which helps people with mental health and addiction. And uh, it was just sort of inevitable, though, as I went through my healing journey, as I built We Connect, like that passion and that fire for music never went away. And I finally decided to take the leap um, in terms of just really, really diving into it, not knowing where that journey was going to take me and didn't know the moment that I really committed to it nights and weekends for years. I didn't know that it was actually going to grow in the way that it has. And now I know and I see the path of how much more it can go. Um, but it was it was always in me that I wanted to change the world, help people. And I believe you can do that, not just by building products, but through entertainment. You can obviously help give people relief and joy through performance, but also music can change like the way that people are thinking about society and what they're pursuing in terms of making a difference. So to me, it's synonymous. It was just more of an internal journey that I had to overcome and, and really take the leap. Wow. That's, that's so incredible. And obviously you're no stranger to hard work, just the mere moving from place to place and learning English and getting yourself, you know, to establish roots here with your family. It seemed like you're always destined to kind of do a lot. And I know you said the keyword pressure, um, you know, being an immigrant, um, and you know, only child, like you said, I'm a daughter of an immigrant. And so for mm -hmm. me, it was the, um, you know, you have to go to college, you have to follow this traditional path because this is an incredible opportunity that not everyone gets. Um, there's, there's a lot of that there. And so kudos to you for managing somehow to do it all. That's, that's really amazing. Do you think that because you've, you know, worked so hard your whole life that that helped you, that kind of primed you for entrepreneurship? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And the truth is, it's also seeing things for what they are. Like a lot of things that 
we're told our standard in society don't actually make logical sense. I mean, if you look at it and you're to follow the path of like going to college, which is totally I respect, you know, and, and obviously you can gain a lot by doing going that path. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the sort of concept of safety and security, okay, going to college, you accrue a lot of debt, you have to pay back. Going to work for a corporation, they have mass layoffs all the time. So it's really a false sense of security and the upward movement. I mean, the risk and reward is a lot slower going up that ladder. There's a lot of higher risk both ways when you're an entrepreneur, but the opportunity to have like an upside or to make greater impact can happen a lot faster if you end up succeeding, of course, which like the rate of failure is a lot higher. So I don't think there's any one right path. You just have to really dig deep and figure out what's going to give you the greatest sense of peace and satisfaction. I think about like, what is my five, myself as a five-year-old and myself as an 80-year-old going to be proud of? Mm. And like, that's the question that I think people should be asking themselves. Oh my God. That was just, oh, I love everything you just said. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's a total mindset shift though, for people to understand, like you said, the difference between entrepreneurism and the risk and reward versus the stability, stability. But I am in total agreement with you that I don't see stability in necessarily just having one job because at any point in time you can get laid off or you can yes. get fired. When I was in, um, you know, when I was a news reporter, I got fired from two news reporting jobs yeah. <laughs> because I was, uh, you know, I made some choices as a young 20 something year old that, well, that's a story for another time. But so, so I am in total agreement. The thing is, you have to have the grit and determination, yes. and you have to yes. be okay with failing, yes. and to not let it impact you to from keeping on. Um, yes. And that is something that's like, you know, it's it's a built skill. A hundred percent. I mean, yes, like my journey of being in so many new settings over and over, having to start over with friends, with an environment, with languages, that's helpful. And also being at a turning point where I hadn't dealt with all the trauma I'd experienced as an immigrant and my journey with addiction and mental health and nothing can feel as hard uh, as basically facing like, am I going to choose life or not? And mm-hmm. no- nothing is going to feel more challenging than making that choice. So it's like, if I hit that type of bottom and I made it through that, then there isn't really any risk to it for me. Like, I know that I can always get back up. I know that I can always find a way. Yeah. And I think that definitely did help me take the leap in both both sides of entrepreneurship, whether it was the creative path or uh, doing we connect health. Yeah, that's it's so true. You have to um it it's a muscle that you have to exercise. Like you have to be okay with like you said potentially hitting bottom or failing or having something not work out and the more you do that, the more comfortable you become with it and the more you know, oh, I've gotten through this once, I can do it again. And it's it, it brings a lot of comfort um, in a very uncertain career path. So I want to talk about your music because when, you know, when you and I connected and I poured over all of your videos first on Instagram and then was listening to some of your tracks more in depth, there's such a range there that I would love to know just where it comes from. Is it from your travels? Is it from artists that, you know, you love and inspired you? 
Yeah, so um, it started out from certain artists and certain music I was listening to, but actually it was by listening to also obsessively music outside of uh, just dance music. Mm-hmm. And um, the first track that really got some traction um, was Warrior, which got signed. It was the first track to get signed by Lane 8. And um, I had this inspiration when I was in like deep meditation in uh, Tulum, actually, that's where I spent most of the pandemic. And I just had this like inspiration. I'd been listening to a lot of vitamin string quartet. um, Mm -hmm. And I just had this inspiration to like, what would it be like to combine both dance music, but like really classical sounds, battling cellos, violins. And then it progressed from there as I started playing out more Uh, and started really connecting with the audience rather than just like producing in my bedroom. Um, I wanted to create things that were a bit deeper, moodier, darker, but also still use inspiration outside of that. And I went back to my roots. There's this incredible world renowned, um, uh, flute player. Uh, his name is Gheorghe Zamfir. He's Romanian and he's like one of our country's biggest treasures. And so I actually started pulling from that, uh, some influence and inspiration from that into my dance tracks. Um, so right now I'm in an ever evolving journey, of course. And I actually just came back from a trip to Peru that was pretty life changing. And so I am grabbing influences from everywhere. You know, I started listening to dance music after having grown up in Germany and all over Europe. And like when I came here, I still started, you know, I kept exploring that been like a listener of Annie Mac and BBC Radio One since I was like really, really young. So I want to bring people together by fusing, you know, sounds from all over the place that I consider myself a citizen of the world and pulling sounds from different places from the world and seeing how they can, you know, mesh together to create something new. So now it's very much uh, the last few years has been sort of through my own inspirations. But at the beginning, of course, I pulled, you know, inspiration from other from other music that I really, really loved. Um, but now it's really about combining different genres, different elements, different styles of music into dance music and and the emotions that go into it. I, I definitely have in mind like something that I'm inspired by also from an emotional level or something that I'm personally going through uh, when I'm writing music. And so that's a huge component of it. And then lastly, it's also been about collaborating with vocalists. Like mm-hmm. typically I just give them prompts and I say like, this is what this track means to me. Uh, and then I allow them to just completely write, you know, their own lyrics because ultimately that's going to get, allow them to be at their best because they're actually expressing from their own heart. So I have a really kind of loose relationship in that way that I like give the inspiration, but I allow them to really run with it. And that's been really powerful with both Bianco and Samantha Liza, which are some of the most recent ones that I've collaborated with. That's so smart that, that, um, I think sometimes something I talk about on the show is sometimes people have a hard time loosening the reins on the creative control of stuff. So they want to do like everything themselves, but it sounds like you really come from the spirit of collaboration and like knowing that um, by allowing them to, to have add their own creativity to the mix, you're going to get an even better end product. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the way that I think about it, which helps me even when I'm doing my own productions without collaborating with a vocalist or anybody, is like, if I have a whole bunch of ideas, or Mm -hmm. let's say I have a very specific way that I want something to be done, I just put it in the not now later box. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I can always go back and do it my own way or do it this other way, because really I have endless, infinite time to create as many versions or as many things as I want. But let's just like go with this version for now. And that really helps me let go of that sort of, yeah, control, perfectionism, detail orientation, which is also really helpful intention when we're creating. Um, But that's really helped me a lot. And it's also helped me with my speed. Um, to, you know, getting to a place where it's like, okay, this is done now, Um, which can also be a huge struggle for us in the creative space. Uh, We just want to keep, keep, you know, perfecting Mm -hmm. it, but it's like, can always do this other version, can always use these other elements at another time. And then you just keep, keep doing that and just making different factions of it. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's really smart. Um, I, I like the, what did you call it? The not now, but later. Yeah. The not yeah. now later box. <laughs> I love that. I need one of my own, but even if it's just in my head, I need like a mental box or something because it is true. Like I'll look back at, you know, old projects that I've done and I was like, wow, why didn't I think to do, you know, X, Y, and Z, but like, you'll drive yourself crazy if you constantly harp on your own creative work. So I think that's, yes. that that's really smart. So, um, so with all this progress in your music career, I'm curious to hear what your parents think about it and like, what was their initial reaction and, and how did they feel about it now? Yeah. So, um, you know, early on in my life, of course, the viewpoint was like, be a doctor, engineer, you know, the (laughs) usual kind of thing. Yeah. Simultaneously, though, my dad did get me a subscription to Wired and Inc. magazine when I was young. And he's he they love reading just as much as I do. And so he encouraged that entrepreneurial spirit definitely a little bit. But I think the overall protective kind of attitude that does come from love Um, was to do something safe. Uh, Because I went through my addiction journey and that was probably the most difficult time for us, once I got through that, they were sort of like, you know, we just want her to be happy and healthy. And I think at first when I pursued WeConnect and then after when I started pursuing music, it wasn't so much of like, we don't want you to do this. It was like, we're not sure if this is going to pan out. Um, now to today where it's like, you know, last year they came to my show at Sound Nightclub in LA and they've been super supportive and they see that I'm happy and joyful and that this is a real career. It's a real path that garners success that, you know, can not only do I have the ability to give back, which I've got some plans for with building my intentional side of the brand. Um, but also they do see stability that's come from now that I've done it in tech and now that it's happening also in the creative space. So now they're super supportive. They want to cut, they're actually going to Costa Rica during my show in Seattle and they're like, Oh, we wish we would have known. So it's been like a really beautiful, beautiful journey for us. And honestly, now that I'm older and I'm looking back, my respect and love for them has grown even so much because I see how hard it must be to for them to change their mentality or to have that trust or to grow into that. Yeah. Um, whether 
you know, compared to when I was like really young, it's like, why don't you just think my way? But now knowing the way that the world works and also the sacrifices and the trauma that they went through to get me here, it's like, wow, like they're actually an inspiration to me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's like this level of understanding that I think um, on both sides comes with time and age. There's a lot of things that you just said, like that I think about with my father, where it's like, you know, I totally understand why he felt the way he did. And I don't, I, I, my dad and I are very close and I don't hold it against him, of course, but for a while in my younger twenties, I was like, Oh, like, why did he make me do X, Y, and Z? Why did he look at my progress reports every six weeks and like (laughs) scrutinize them? And now, you know, it's like, well, I get it. He just, it came from a place of love. Like you said, he wanted the best for me. And it's funny because he's progressing his thinking a lot and we kind of laugh about it now. And he's like, yeah, I mean, when he immigrated, you know, when he was like in uh, middle school, he was like, I was a C student always throughout high school, college, and he's been an entrepreneur forever. So I think what he was trying to do was make sure that like I did what he didn't, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And now me being an entrepreneur as well, like, it's just funny how it all came full circle. Um, but I love to hear that your parents like come to shows and stuff that always tickles me when I go to a show and I, you could tell that there's people in the booth. You're like, pretty sure those are parents or, (laughs) you know, parents, friends or whatever, because, um, dance music is a young genre, like in compared to rock and roll and, you know, country and whatever has been around forever. So it's cool when you see parents like, you know, just come out and support and maybe they don't get it always, but they just want to be there for their kid. Yeah. Well, it's funny though. My parents actually met on the coast of, um, of Romania where they worked at this factory and that's where like all the tourists would come. So I know my parents went clubbing early on, but <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's so cool. It's uh, yeah. I mean, I know my dad like listened to disco and he went out dancing yes. to that. And so love that. You know, and and it's like house music pulls inspiration from so many different genres. So, you know, the parents can get involved. <laughs> um, and so you also said, I, I, I don't want to forget about this. You, you talked about meditation and um, I think more and more people are finally coming around to understand that, meditation is so beneficial and there's so many different ways to do it. I myself was somebody who's like, I can't meditate because I can't sit still. I'm always go, go, go. And I've found other ways to meditate that work for me. Um, so, so what, what is your meditation process and how does that help you with your music? Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, I think there's this like idealized version that people think meditation is, Mm -hmm. um, which is like standing still and your mind is clear. And like, that's not what meditation is to me. And I don't think that's really what meditation is. Um, but for me, it's evolved over the years. Um, most recently, I think I've had another evolutionary stage to it. So for me, um, you know, it it definitely ranges between time, whether I'm silent, whether uh, there's music on, um, the time can range, you know, from five minutes to, to an hour. It just really depends on the context and what's happening. Lately, I've really been getting into being more embodied and connected to myself. And so it's really about when I'm going into a meditative quiet space, like I consciously actually think like, okay, I'm honoring like all the analytical stuff that's going on in my head, but I just, I'm just dropping into my body. Mm 
And I actually feel the stress leave my back, my shoulders get lower. And oftentimes I also consider this meditation, but I do slow movement training. Um, it's a form of like between yoga and working out, I think. Um, but it's really about getting really into your body and connected to your body. And when I'm in that space, I feel a certain connection and warmth, almost as if you're like cuddling with a partner. Like I think that's really what's, wow. how, what self-love feels like. And when I'm in that space, I just feel things wash away and I'm able to much more likely get into flow when I'm creating, when I'm performing, I really just feel more embodied. So sometimes meditation is a traditional form. And yes, a lot of times, like I have so many thoughts going by, but it's just about observing them. Sometimes, you know, I have astral projections almost. And I'm like, Oh, I'm on another planet here. I don't know what's going on. Uh, and then other times it's really through movement. It's through slow moving. It's through paying attention when I'm actually eating. That's been a much more recent thing where it's like creating that space for myself. I consider that a form of meditation because I was so, I've been so used to just being go, go, go do a hundred things, which has served me in a lot of ways, but now I'm stepping into this new way of life where creating that space where I'm spending more slow time with myself is only allowing me to step into the next evolution of my creativity with my music and and also just like being bringing greater joy and peace into my life. Yeah. Yeah. So many people need to hear that because it's not part of the American fabric, right? Like no. it's go, go, go with whether you choose that lifestyle or not. I mean, that's, that's kind of how we all operate. And, um, I mean, I feel like people always roll their eyes, like when I say this, but it's like, we really do need to look to a lot of Europe for uh, inspiration when it comes to living a slower lifestyle, like going to um, Sicily to visit my family, their meals Mm -hmm. are two hours long and they're, whether it's by themselves or with others, they're sitting. And like you said, really being present in the moment, it's an experience, Um, you know, what they're eating or if they're having a glass of wine, whatever it is, it's a active experience and not a pastime. And I think it just leads to just being overall healthier in mind and in body. Like you are healthier when you are conscious of what you're ingesting, even if it's not, it doesn't even have to be very healthy food. It's just, if you can be present in the moment with it, it makes a massive difference. A hundred percent. And in that space or just taking, you know, an hour a week or something like that to just, consciously quote unquote do nothing just like allow your mind to process things mm-hmm. you are able to make better decisions from a place of not being triggered you're able to actually by slowing down move faster in some ways mm-hmm. um and and i think that is a huge mindset shift that shift that would really help um a lot of people and yeah it is very counter to this hustle culture that just talks about doing a billion things and it might not even be the most important things is the, is the wild part about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's typically not. It's just the yeah. busy work that makes people think that they're doing something, but um, less is more, you know, and, yep. uh, but it, but it really is hard, especially I think for newer artists or newer entrepreneurs who feel like there's yeah. no time to waste. And, you know, and then on the flip side, like that, the, um, possibility of so many opportunities, especially when people start emailing you or hitting you up. Like it's mm-hmm. so exciting. It's um, intoxicating in a way that you're like, oh, I have to chase 
or I have to go for every single one of these things. And then you realize like, wow, like I need to slow down or I need to be more judicious when I'm like, if there's five things in front of me, what deserves my attention the most? Yes. A hundred percent. Yes, totally. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's something that we all need to learn to do. Um, because when people, when people want your attention, it's, it's exciting. And yes. so there's always, you know, you only have so much of yourself to give. Yes. So tell me what you have exciting coming up in 2024. I know you have a lot on the music horizon. Lay it on me. Yeah. So I'm so excited. I'm going on tour with this never happened family. So, um, that's basically going to be most of the first quarter of the year. Super, super excited. And in addition to that, I'm doing New Year's Eve um, with Lane 8 in Austin, Texas. Um, mm-hmm. And then the tour kicks off. Also have a festival. We belong here in Miami. I'm going to continue releasing through my intentional records that I just launched this past year, um, as well as, you know, seeing what, what other collaborations might be coming up on the label side. And then we will be uh, championing a compilation of sorts of artists, up and coming artists onto my intentional records. So I'm super excited about that. And the ethos for that is I, again, I want to stay true to myself and bring voices of diversity from all over the country, backgrounds, ethnicities, socioeconomic backgrounds, like true diversity, which means diversity of thought, not just like you know, the most common things that people think of. And so that's going to be a big milestone. And then really building on the intentional brand, we all have some really exciting things coming up. I can't talk too much about it, but what I can say is what I started with giving out these intentional bracelets the last few years, people have shared in the community that like it's helped them get through breakups and like new jobs and depression and like find joy. And so building off of that ethos of intentional being not just about my music spreading joy and and relief and inspiration, but also doing something with the community where we're giving back. Um, so there's some things brewing on that end that I'll be sharing a lot more of uh, coming next year. That's so incredible. And I'm so excited to see where your career goes. I mean, everything you just said, I know it's going to be tenfold with that. You're you're so talented and so driven. And and I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom on on the show because literally everything you said has so much value that I am going to have a hard time picking out what to (laughs) to use to promote the episode, which is a very good problem to have. Thank you so much for having me. I just like so much resonated with you and and your content and like, thank you for championing our voices and, and being so, so intentional about it. Like you are, you are actually a representation of what I find intentional. So thank you for your impact. Thank you so much. Great advice from Luzi about meditating. A lot of people I spoke to want to make meditation part of their new year resolution, but they're unsure how to start or they're afraid they're not going to do it right, which is silly because there really is no one right way to meditate. It's all about slowing down and being aware of what's happening around you, being aware of your thoughts and more importantly, your physical body. And you don't even have to be completely still while you meditate. I love to do guided meditations from YouTube or this app called Superhuman while I'm doing house chores. 
or watering my plants. And if you are into affirmations, I actually have a playlist on my YouTube channel that you can play either right when you wake up in the morning or when you go to sleep while your brain is in theta state. That's that period of time where, where you're not fully asleep, but you're not fully awake. That is when your brain is the most impressionable. So if you like today's show, do me a favor and rate it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Those little reviews go a long way in helping the show get seen by more people. I'll be back next week. I hope you have a wonderful day. <laughs>